like to start right where we left there with that opening hymn. A hymn by a man named Horatius Bonner, a wonderful saint. I heard the voice of Jesus say, Come unto me and rest. Lay down, thou weary one. Lay down thy head upon my breast. Now, the passage that we're going to be looking at tonight is exceptionally well known among people who are in their Bibles. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. It is a passage that has comforted the soul's of so many, it has been the passage that has led people to find rest in Jesus Christ in their eternal salvation. It would be a passage that even if it were not from the inspired book, the beauty, the incomparable beauty of just the message that it is communicating would resonate in hearts. It is something uh, universal because we often so much know what it is to be weary and heavy laden. We are desperate for rest. And this weekend, of all weekends, on a holiday weekend, so to speak, if you were to talk to a work colleague on Friday and you were to ask them, what are you looking for over the weekend? No, no doubt many of them would say, I'm looking for rest. Now, we have an idea of what physical rest looks like. Tabitha accuses me that I don't know how to rest physically. And there's probably some truth to it. There may be some truth to it. I go on vacations and I find myself pacing around wondering what I can do next. And Tabitha says you need to just rest. But I think most of us have a general idea of what, about physical rest. But I'm asking you tonight, what does spiritual rest look like to you and how do you get it? When Jesus says, come unto me and, and have rest, notice what he says to clarify that, and ye shall have rest unto your souls. So the first thing in mind here is not physical bodily rest. At, at issue here, in mind here, is soul rest. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you soul rest. And my question on this holiday weekend, as perhaps you will get some well-deserved physical rest, is do you know how to receive spiritual rest, to receive soul rest from Jesus? How rested tonight are you? Well, there is so much in this passage. We could spend weeks, months on these verses that were read for us. And so tonight, I simply want to make a broader observation about the context of this passage that we may miss when we only look at the famous three verses in verse 28 through 30. I want to open up the context to us and make very just one simple point, one single point, with which hopefully we will encourage ourselves tonight in the way that we pursue rest from Jesus Christ tonight and this week. The title of the message tonight is simply, Come to Me. Come to Me. And I want us to look at the one who's speaking tonight. Who is the one who is inviting us to come to Him? 
What is he revealing about himself in this gracious invitation? And what conditions is he conditions are he placing on us in this gracious invitation? Come to me. Let's start first of all by looking in our Bibles at Matthew 11, if you will, as we will be looking at these short verses that Kelvin Todd read for us this evening, beginning in verse 25. And again, we oftentimes just segregate out verse 28 through 30 and say, come to me all ye who labor. And we don't understand that this was part of a broader message that Jesus was giving. And we should understand that. Verse number 25 says, at that time, Jesus answered and said, at that time. Now, what time is that? Maybe we'll need to go back a few more verses. Go back to verse number 20. Then began he to upbraid the cities wherein most of his mighty works were done because they repented not. So the context here is Jesus condemning certain cities because he did all these mighty works that were testifying to the power of God that was resident in him and the purpose that he came as the savior for sinners and they didn't repent, they didn't accept it. Notice what he says, woe unto thee Chorazin, woe unto thee Bethsaida, for if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon. Now, when did we last talk about Tyre and Sidon? Last Sunday evening, they were outside Israel. They were on the northwest, uh, 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 to the northwest of Israel on the coast of the Mediterranean. These were Gentile lands. And Jesus says, if the works had been done in Tyre and Sidon that had been done in you, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. They would have gotten right with God. But I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the day of judgment than for you. That's a very sobering word, isn't it? Do you know that from this passage and others, it seems clear to me that there will be varying degrees of judgment and punishment in the lake of fire? Your varying degree of punishment will be in proportion to the light that you received here on earth. In fact, friends, it's a very dangerous thing to grow up in a church and to hear the gospel preached over and over and over again and have the light of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ publicly broadcast from the pulpit before you and hopefully manifested in the lives of people. It is multiplying the guilt of that one who one day turns away and says, I will not. It will be far more tolerable for someone who has had far less light than for that person. He says in verse 23, and thou Capernaum, which art exalted unto heaven, shalt be brought down to hell. That's the idea of Hades. You will be brought to the place of the dead, to nothingness. For if the mighty works which have been done in thee had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. Sodom would not have been destroyed if they had received the mighty works that you have received. But I say unto you that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for thee. Wow. More tolerable for Sodom than for those who saw the works of Jesus over and over and rejected him. Friend, what light have you received? And what has been your response? Your eternal destiny depends on it. Notice what now we are prepared to come to verse 25 at that time. So now immediately after Jesus has given these, these harsh 
warnings, these harsh denunciations of these cities that have seen his works, he says, he answers and says, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth. So now he is praying, and this word here, I thank thee, has the idea of giving adoration, of giving praise and worship. In fact, it's the same word that Paul uses in, in the book of Philippians, in Philippians chapter 2, to say that one, knee, one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. That's the idea. Jesus is acknowledging something about his Father, and he's praising him for it. What's he praising him for? I'm praising you, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, the sovereign God, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and hast revealed them unto babes, unto small children. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. And the idea here is of someone's sovereign purpose. It seemed good. It seemed to be your purpose. Now pause there for a moment again in the context. Jesus is denouncing Capernaum for not accepting his message. And then he looks upward and he says, God, you were the one who hid it. You hid these things from the wise and prudent. And at the same time, you have revealed them to little children, to those who are like babies. Now pause there what Jesus is saying about the authority of God. The authority of God to be able to hide things from some and reveal them to others. Does your theology have a room for a God who has the sovereign authority to hide things from some and reveal them to others? We saw this even a few weeks ago when we were going through the parables in our morning sermons in the book of Mark. Jesus says, why do I preach to them in parables? Why do I teach them in parables? That seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand. Now, we saw what these parables did to those who were the wise and prudent, to those who were the self-satisfied and the self-sufficient and the self-righteous. They heard the parables of Jesus Christ. They didn't understand them, and they went away, and they said, I don't need this. I don't need truly to understand this. And it was a judgment from God to hide the truth from them. He hid them from the wise and prudent. And there were others who were in the same position, if you will, and they heard the parables that they didn't understand, and it went over their head, but they said, there's something here that I need to learn, and they came to Jesus. They went to him, and they gathered around him, and Jesus revealed everything to them. He taught them. So the parables acted as a kind of sieve, hiding those them, uh, things from them who were sufficient and who were self-righteous, and who were self-satisfied. It was God's judgment to hide those things from them. And on the same hand, it was part of God's gracious purpose to reveal Jesus Christ to the babes, to the little children who were to come to him and say, teach us what we don't know. And here Jesus is saying, God, this is something that I praise you for. I acknowledge your sovereign authority to hide and to reveal. And I just want to pause here to say, friends, do you worship God the Father for that same thing? 
Do you acknowledge the sovereign authority of God and say, God, it is right and proper for you to hide things from the wise and prudent and to reveal things to babes? Is it something that we can rejoice in God's choice, in his authority in that way, or do we run from it? We can't read our Bibles honestly and openly without acknowledging that authority that God has and that activity that he has in the hearts of men in judgment to blind those who are hardened in their self-sufficiency, to reveal those in humility who are like little children before him. Are we willing, like Jesus, to say, I thank thee, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hid and because you have revealed. But notice what he goes on to say. Verse 27, the thought continues. All things are delivered unto me of my Father. And no man knoweth the Son but the Father. Neither knoweth any man the Father save or accept the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. Now notice the authority has shifted. The authority has shifted from the Father's authority. I thank you, Father, that you hid and you revealed. Now the authority has now shifted to the Son. He says, all things are delivered unto me of my Father. The Father has turned over Everything to me. Remember what Jesus says in Matthew 28. All power, all authority is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Do you remember in John chapter 5 when Jesus says all judgment is delivered unto the Son? The Son is the one who has been instated with all authority for judgment. He's making a similar point here. All authority, all things are delivered unto me of my Father. And now listen to this. And no man knows the Son but the Father. Do you understand what he's saying there? No one knows the Son but God the Father. By the way, I'll just say this. It would be wise for us to know and to embrace the distinctions that that the Bible makes for us in the persons of the Godhead. It might be easier for us just to say, okay, well, it's all God, and I don't need to worry about the distinct persons of the Godhead. Well, we're not reading our Bibles if that's the approach we take. He is speaking here of the relationship, the divine relationship between the Father and the Son. And he's making a claim, no one truly knows the Son but the Father. And no one knows the Father but the Son. Say, what does that mean? Does that mean no one, even in the Old Testament, knew God the Father? Because Jesus hadn't been revealed? No. God has revealed himself throughout all times. But he's revealed them, th- th- uh, those things on his terms. What Jesus is saying is, no man knows the Father unconditionally but me. And no man knows the Son unconditionally but the Father. Now, it, you would say a similar thing for those of you who are married. 
A husband and a wife know each other, if you will, unconditionally when their relationship is healthy in a way that no one else does. And so while we might reveal ourselves to other people and we might know and be known, there's a, a truth in which a husband knows a wife and the only one who knows the wife like that is the husband. And the only one who knows the husband like that is the wife. There is that kind of relationship. And Jesus is saying the same thing here. But not only Jesus says, am am I the only one who knows the Father in this unconditional way? He says, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. So now he is taking God's sovereign purpose of revealing. Remember what he said about God the Father? You hide and you reveal. And now he says, my job as the Son, my charge, my authority that's been delivered unto me is to reveal the Father to whoever I want to. Does your theology allow for that? Jesus says, whoever the Son will. Now you need to see that's not talking about future tense, like I will reveal him in the future. The Greek word that is used there has the idea of purpose or intention. It's actually used at one other time in the book of Matthew, and it's in Matthew chapter 1, or when it's said of Joseph, after he learned that his wife was pregnant, he was minded, I'm sorry, his betrothed, Mary, he was minded to put her away, to divorce her privately. He was minded. It's intention, it's purpose. So Jesus is saying the Father's authority to hide and to reveal has been delivered to me and that authority is now vested in me. Whoever I desire, purpose, intend, I will reveal the Father. Why? Because Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father, to a revelation of the Father, but by me. It is why the claims of Jesus are exclusive, which is why they are so offensive in our modern-day relativism. So stop just there for a moment. The charge given the Son is what? To reveal the Father according to his own intention and purpose. Do we embrace that authority of the Son? Jesus, yes, that is right. That is right. That is what you have said. But what I want to see, secondly, is not just the charge given to the Son, but the character revealed by the Son. Because I want us to see what then comes immediately next. He says, no one has the Father revealed except the Son and the son, whoever the Son will reveal him to. And immediately next he says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. Do you see this gracious invitation? It's easy to get lost in the authority of the Son to reveal the Father to whomever he wills. But friends, this one we can come into, can't we? Come to me. Do you question how the authority of the Son is worked out to reveal the Father to whoever he wills? Do you, does, that, does, that, does that turn in your head and you just say, I don't get it? I don't get the purposes that God has in hiding things from some and revealing things to others. I don't get God's sovereign purpose. Do you get this? Come to me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 
Do you get that? Come to me. You see, those are the two things that Bible-believing Christians just simply need to keep in mind. And all the problems and the debates tend to come to their rest. When we say, God the Father, through his Son, has authority to give eternal life to whomever he wills. And also to say, the revelation of the Father through the Son is come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Is the gracious invitation of God's heart of love toward all is just come to me. And you know, friends, if we could be content to leave it there, how much more, I think, helpful would our thinking and our speaking about these things be? What is your takeaway The message of Jesus Christ is to all, come to me. Come to me. Leave it up to God who accepts and who does not. Your job is to reflect that message of Jesus, come to me, that is his willing revelation of the Father to all who will come to him, who will respond to his offer of grace, who will come by faith to me. But I want us to know, in light of this invitation, who is being revealed. Notice what Jesus says. Come to me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. But what did we just read? We said, no man knows the Father but the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. What is Jesus revealing to us when we come to him burdened and heavy laden? Who is being revealed? Who? The Father. Jesus' gracious invitation is to say, no one knows the Father but the Son and whoever I reveal him to. Now come to me and I will reveal the Father to you. When you came to Jesus Christ by faith, Christian, the Father was being revealed to you. God the Father in his essential character Now notice how Jesus binds up this character in his own character. Notice what he says in verse 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. Notice that, for I am meek, the idea is gentle, and lowly, humble in heart. Do you understand the character of God to you as being gentle? Do you understand the character of God toward you as being lowly in heart, willing to stoop down under every one of your burdens and lift them up for you? Is that your God? Don't get me wrong. Our God is a consuming fire. The Bible has that picture of God for us at certain seasons and in certain places, particularly in our life. But Jesus is revealing the Father to us here when he says, come to me for I am meek and lowly in heart and you'll find rest to your souls. Friends, if you don't know who your God is, you'll never find rest. If you don't know the character of the one that you are coming to by faith, how can you expect to be unburdened by him? What is he like? 
The son says, come to me by faith and I'll show you. He, like me, I am modeling his character of gentleness, of lowliness in heart for those that are burdened down and weighed down. You know, the, the, the obvious contrast to this is what the other dominant religious cycle of the day that Jesus was so often pushing against. Who are the dominant religious leaders? The Pharisees. And what Jesus says to them in Matthew 23 is, for they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. And I wonder if you've ever known a Christianity in which God is pictured as just heaping heavy burdens and grievous to be borne on your back and you felt that you were stooping down lower and lower and lower and you knew nothing of a God that was gentle and that was lowly in heart to step up under those burdens. And unlike the Pharisees who would not lift them with one of their fingers, a God who says, I'll shoulder that. I'll shoulder that in my son. If you don't know your God, if you are not having the character of the Father revealed to you by your faith in coming to the Son, you'll never find rest. You'll never have those burdens removed in the way that he intends because Jesus came his purpose was to reveal the father to us and in revealing the father is his gracious invitation for us to come to him I will rise and go to Jesus he will embrace me in his arms so notice the charge that's been given to the Son, all authority to reveal the Father. The character that's revealed by the Son is the Father's character in him to all who will come to him by faith. And now let's see finally the condition required by the Son. The condition required by the Son. Let's go back to verse 28. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. Now, notice what Jesus is doing here. This is not merely Jesus saying, come to me if you're weak and heavy laden, but those of you who aren't weak and heavy laden, you don't need to come. No, this is a condition. This is saying, are, are you weak and heavy laden? Well, then I'm your man. I'm your guy. Come to me. It is an offer. It is an offer to everyone who realizes themselves to be weak and heavy laden. Now notice those two phrases, weak, weak. That is, con that is being cognizant of your internal limitations, your internal weakness, your failure of strength that is internal to you. And notice those that are heavy laden is picture of those that have external burdens placed upon them, external weakness that is pushed down upon them. And I don't know which one you are tonight. Some of you may be dealing with an internal weakness, an internal burden that you say, I'm completely unable in some way. And some of you are feeling spiritually and in your soul a kind of external burden that's being heaped upon you. Whichever that is, Jesus says, come. Come. If that's you, come. 
Now, what is Jesus actually saying here? Come to me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will, remember, I will reveal the Father to you. Remember, that's what the goal here is. I will reveal the Father to you. I will give you rest. Now, do you remember if we went back to verse 25, who were the ones that Jesus praised God, the Father, that he revealed these things to? Who were the ones who got the revelation in the first place? Babes. Little children. Now, don't miss that connection there. Don't miss it. Jesus says, Father, you reveal these things to little children in spirit. And you hide them from wise and prudent people. And now he makes a gracious invitation to reveal the Father to whoever is weak and heavy laden. So in, in other words, the revelation in either case is being made to little children who are aware of their weakness and the heavy burdens that they are facing. Don't miss this. Because our rest spiritually in Jesus Christ is dependent on whether we are coming to him as little children. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 18, except ye be converted and become like this little child who is right in the midst of them, he says, you will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. That is the central condition to come into my, into my kingdom. you got to become like a little child. Now, I want to just meditate. That's just the last point that we're going to meditate on together tonight. Why is it that you, having the Father revealed to you through the Son, by coming to him in faith and receiving rest, receiving your burdens lifted, why is that dependent on you coming like a child? Well, what is ultimately true about children? I can tell you, having five children, eight years of old, eight years of age and under, I can tell you with some expertise about little children. Do you know one thing I've seen? Children are incredibly transparent in their needs. When a child needs something, they will let you know. And they will let you know repeatedly. And they won't have any compunction, any pride, any stubbornness about coming and saying, Mom, I've got a need that I really need you to meet. We've had a child recently that has been a little under the weather, and oh boy, has that child been made us very aware of this child's needs. It is something about children to be transparent about their needs. Do you see how this ties into what Jesus is saying? Come to me all ye that labor and are heavy laden. In other words, those of you who are honest and humble enough to admit it. This is why the first step of salvation in Jesus Christ is the repentance. To say, God, I don't have the answer. I'm a sinner. I can't get there on my own. I've got a heavy burden of sin like that Christian pilgrim in Pilgrim's Progress. It's weighing me down. I have no way to get rid of it. And then they hear the words of Jesus, Come to me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden. And they in humility go, and they say, That's me. I can't get rid of my burden. 
unless I go to the cross. And they're saved. And they find eternal spiritual rest in Christ. Friends, that's how you and I came to Christ. That's how you and I came to salvation in Christ. So what changes now? What changes now when you're feeling weak and heavy laden in soul with everything that's going on? And what's your first thought? Let me try to figure it out. I'm smart enough. I'm sufficient enough. I've got this little noodle up here that works pretty well. I'm going to go talk to all my friends. I'm going to go talk to the church people. I'm going to figure it out. And Jesus says, come to me. Come to me. Remember, God hides things from who? The wise and prudent. Those who think they can figure it out. The ones who think they do have all the answers self-sufficiently. Christian, that includes you in your spiritual life. And who does he reveal the character of the Father and give rest to? The people who come to him by faith and say, I don't have the answers. I need you. Children are transparent in their needs and in their inability to correct them. And we need to be the same way when coming to the person of Jesus Christ, humbly and honestly acknowledging the burdens that we're facing in our daily lives right now and saying, only in you will I find rest. Only you can help me carry this burden when I come under your yoke and learn from you. Children are transparent in their needs, but they're also this. They are extremely trusting in the meeting of those needs. Have you ever watched a child run around outside and play completely unhindered by fears, by anxieties, Children running around with no care in the world about whether there will be dinner on the table, whether mom and dad have enough in their retirement fund to get by, whether dad's going to keep his job in a down market, whether the, whether the stock market is going to crash, whether the Democrats are going to get in office or the Republicans are going to get in the office, whether this legislation is going to pass. Kids run around completely unbothered, completely unhindered. Why? Because in being transparent in their needs, they are incredibly trusting that those needs will be met. Mom and dad have it. Mom and dad don't have any problems meeting my needs for basic food and sustenance. And therefore, I can trust. And that's what it looks like to come to Jesus. It looks to, like to come to Jesus for rest is to say, I can't meet this need. I'm being completely transparent and humble and honest about my burden right now that I'm facing. And we come to him in faith. And we say, but you can. But you can and I'm not going to be anxious anymore. Do you remember what Jesus came so much to teach us as revealed to us in the Sermon on the Mount, that there is a heavenly Father who cares for you? Over and over, he goes back to that. Why do you worry? Why do you take, why are you anxious for tomorrow? Why do you worry? You can't make yourself one head taller. You can't do the most basic of things. Why would you worry? Your Father cares for you. 
And in the same way, Jesus invites him, ourselves, to him to come to his person and reveal the Father to us what he is like, what his capabilities are, what his care for us is, and says, don't worry, don't worry. Come to me, take up my burden, take up my yoke under you, learn from me. I am gentle, I am lowly in heart, and you'll find all the rest you need. Leave your burdens with me. What is finding rest in Jesus look like? Finding rest in Jesus, whether it's for the salvation of your soul or whether it is for each ongoing day of sanctification and struggle in your spiritual life, it is coming to the person of Jesus Christ day after day, transparently opening your needs before him and your burdens and challenges and struggles and trusting him completely to bear them with you and to give you the rest and the provision that you need. What would this look like in your daily devotional time if tomorrow morning you got up and you went to Jesus and said, above all things, I want to come to the person of Jesus Christ today. I want to just move toward him with all of my problems, all of my troubles, and Jesus, I'm coming to you by faith to give me rest today, to let me learn of your character in a greater way, what you are like, and then come with complete faith that he's going to do what he said. And when you come under his yoke and learn from him in a discipleship to him by faith, he'll give you the rest that you're looking for. I will arise and go to Jesus. He will embrace me in his arms, in the arms of my dear Savior. Oh, there are 10,000 charms. May I just say one more thing? May we never forget that the fundamental purpose, the, one of the fundamental building blocks of our Christian life is in the person of Jesus Christ. Do you want to come close to him every day? Do you want to come closer to him every day through your, the reading of God's word, through your prayer life with him, through your ongoing spiritual sanctification and, and confession before him? Are you drawing close to the person of Jesus Christ. And do you know what it is to find rest? My prayer for you this weekend is not only that you'll get some good physical rest, some of us need it, but my prayer for you is that you'll know in a fresh way this week what it is to come to Jesus for rest, just like a little child. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hid these things from the wise and prudent and you have revealed them unto babes, for so it seemed good in thy sight, Father. We do worship you for that, Father. You have authority over your creation. You have authority to hide. You have authority to reveal and thank you that in your son, you are revealing yourself. You are revealing your character. You are revealing your love. 
Thank you that your son has made this gracious invitation to all. Come to me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden. And oh, I pray. I pray for those, anyone within the sound of my voice tonight who is laboring and heavy laden with their sin. They are trying to get to God in their own way, in their own righteousness. They are not coming to Jesus and falling down humbly before him and saying, you, you are the only way to the Father. You are the only door into the kingdom of God. Oh, I pray for that person tonight. Father, would you graciously reveal yourself to them by your son? Would you bring them to repentance and faith in Jesus Christ? And I pray for each one of your people here who have already entered that door, but their spiritual life, their soul is burdened. They are weighed down. They are heavy laden. Oh, I pray, Father, that you would reveal yourself to them tonight through your Son. That tonight they would come to Jesus afresh. They would come to him by faith. They would be transparent about their own inadequacy, their own need. And would they come trusting that you have everything they need, that you will give them rest.